Party on Todd. Party on Sal. Rock on. Rock on. Well, welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of the Party on Johncast, a, th- a podcast of theology, most devilish, awesome music, and whatever we're drinking. Uh, so this is Reverend Sal Samarco, a validated minister in the Presbyterian Church USA in the validated ministry of chaplaincy. That's a whole lot of validation. <laughs> I need a lot of it. So, And this is uh, Reverend Todd Laddick. Uh, I'm a, an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey, serving a congregation in Newton, New Jersey, devilishly. And... Um, yeah, I'm on higher ground than Sal. It's the only higher ground I give him. Or the Except devil that God gives it to me. That's right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Damn you, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. We, we so have a... We have a special guest. Yeah, we do. Our and first our first repeat guest. Our very first repeat guest. And I couldn't think of a more fitting guest to repeat. Although last time he was that on the show. That sounds really bad. We're just <laughs> dropping that one right We're, off. That went into oblivion, oblivion right there. I fell into right the up. abyss. In case you're not picking up a theme. <laughs> we uh, we did say the last time you were on that uh, he would make a pretty good third mic. We did, yes. Aww. So why don't you introduce yourself, third mic? <laughs> oh, man. What a nice intro that was. Wow. Well, uh, I'm Gene Taylor. I uh, am a singer-songwriter, um, sometimes actor, um, you know, I guess one could say a performer. I live in Brooklyn, and um, I'm also a lover of topics like this, you know, theology, philosophy, and things like that. So uh, that's pretty much who I am, and I'm glad to be back. Thank you guys for having me once again. Amen. Three people just and left the church. <laughs> Fine, let him go. <laughs> that's just beca- that's just because I said amen. It's it's a thing, it's a thing evidently. It's um, go on Facebook. <laughs> oh, did I just say that on on air? I did. You did no well, worries. They'll they'll let me know about it. It's staying there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, if they out themselves, that's that's you know, it's on them. Yeah. Well, they'll they'll out themselves to me. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's perfectly fine. So, so, so um, um, by the way, just to let you know, in case you're listening to this, Sal is a person that is a he's a safe person to out yourself to. So if you need to come out, come out. Yes, to Sal. I am. Yes, my office is yeah. a uh, safe space. Yeah, yeah, safe space. Rainbow colors. Come out to Sal. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I wear my ra- rainbow pin every day at work. So, Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, oh. There went six people. Um, yeah. I can I can hear all the employees, conservative employees, yelling at me. Yes, uh-huh. and, and all the church doors slamming from the people scared away from Amen. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, now that I got the church repellent out of my mouth, um, we are here for a most bodaciously, actually bogusly hellish. <laughs> journey into the depths of the abyss but we're not going to get there yet because we're leading into our Hebrew <laughs> segment um hey guys how yes, do you know so. that how do you know that god likes beer how wait hold on yeah 
Anyway. Yeah, he, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, let me give me a second to think about that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Hey, he wrote about it in the book of Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever God. get old? It, it, <laughs> no, no, it never. It doesn't. <laughs> as it old as it is, it just can't yeah, get old. <laughs> it just doesn't get old. Okay. Um, by the way, I am looking more like a pirate than I am my normal self. Just saying. Uh, let me just quickly tell you that if you think that proper dental care is face planting on the floor Mm. it's not just Mm. just avoid it take my word for it uh don't pass out and face plant on the floor because it will cause dental problems (laughs) yes dental problems you do not want to go through um anyway um that has nothing to do with what we're drinking. What are we? What are we drinking? Who wants to start off? We'll let Eugene start off because he's drinking the best thing for us. He's well, drinking the no. healthiest thing. I'm just drinking water, guys. <laughs> Good old H two O. Good old H two O. I, I <laughs> don't have a drink with me. I uh, I just love that good old H two O, as you once said. I can't turn this water into wine, folks. So, <laughs> and if you could, you probably wouldn't at this point. I know. Right some of that sorry. high quality. Some, like other, some other day. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm, well, the thing is, truth. I got. I got to tell the truth, Todd. Sure. No, I, I. I'm back in that insanity kick, man. That beach body stuff. So, just uh, cutting that alcohol out. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're doing beach body, uh, alcohol is not going to help your cause. Alcohol, alcohol actually probably rarely ever helps your cause, but it certainly doesn't help your cause when it comes to insane fitness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But if I were to be drinking anything, it'd either be whiskey or a dark red wine. So right, something something that you could you could have, and, and actually, out of the things you could be drinking, those things would be the least detrimental towards your insane fitness than say a beer, which causes you to turn into a loaf of bread. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> true. true true story yeah. got a good point yeah, yeah. Good, point. Yeah. good point bourbon would be the better thing uh wine the next one up because of the sugars and then right. the, beer, the beer is just gone like yeah. like you have to do double insanity in order to work off the beer you drank <laughs> the night before so and god knows that's insane it's insane <laughs> it's it was it was easier at 21 i must say I believe I believe it and forget it. If you're doing insanity at 42, you you come and talk to me because you're you're taking something at that point. <laughs> For real, I just got out of a, a pulled back, so uh, I can't imagine me trying to do insanity. Mm. I can't imagine me doing T25, let alone insanity. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So, Beach Body, check it out. <laughs> Maybe they'll sponsored. give us royalties. We just exactly. totally sponsored them. We're yeah. getting sponsored. <laughs> um, okay, Sal, you're next. Sure. Well, I figured this is our October Halloween episode. There's nothing more fitting for October than uh, pumpkin spice. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. I'm not. Dr- I'm not drinking pumpkin spice. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking something better. It's uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Oh, it's so good. Oh, God, yes. That <laughs> uh, is the best Sam Adams oh, Sam Adams line. It really you, is. You know that I, it's... I hate Sam Adams, but that Oktoberfest, yes, it's trash. But that Oktoberfest, oh, my Lord. 
so oh. good. Well, so, I do like Sam Adams, but but in terms no of the no no none taken, <laughs> but in terms of uh, the the line of Sam Adams, every other Sam Adams is trash compared to Oktoberfest. That's right, exactly. We can agree on that. Sam Adams is what got me into the craft beer scene. Um, as I drink my and out of my Sam Adams cup with my Sam Adams bottle opener because I went to the uh, went to the brewery up in Boston. But uh, you know it's you know it's fall because late August, early September, the store is packed with uh, St. Adams Oktoberfest. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, I've tried a couple Oktoberfests. Like there's some good craft beer October. Like Brooklyn makes a good Oktoberfest, but a lot of the Oktoberfests are super strong. Yeah, uh, and like. One and a half knocks you out, whereas Sam Adams is not as strong. But it tastes but it as tastes. flavorful. Yeah, it's yeah. just so it's a, good. It's a good old loaf of bread in a cup. Yeah, it, oh. it, it really is, man. It's a it's a traditional Marzen, um, and it just uh, it rocks your world when you have it. I'm not gonna lie; I've already had it. <laughs> not tonight, but, but I, I've I've had I've had this year's, and it's really good. Mm. I am. It's a wonderful beer. I can't lie. <clears throat> so that I guess brings me to what I'm drinking, uh, which is definitely not a brewed drink. It's a. It's not a natural uh, come out of the earth from an aquifer drink like Eugene's. Um, <laughs> mine is uh, is a distilled drink, which seems to be the trend here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mine, my friends, is uh, La Fée Verde, which is French for the Green Fairy, which is the nickname for Superior Absinthe. And uh, I'm drinking, in particular, Lucid Absinthe. Now, you're going to all have a treat because I'm going to put it online. I have a video of me making absinthe and crouching over and talking like my breath is being cut short because it is. Um, and, uh, And explaining to you exactly what absinthe is. And it is a drink that has been loved by countless people, including, you know, um, Van Gogh and, uh, you know, Edgar Allan Poe and uh, a lot of these um, artist type people. Um, It is this particular lucid is imported from France, France. It is legit. Like as legit as you can get in America, legit absinthe. It's got grand wormwood. The difference between absinthe and absinthe or or like some American mock version of it is that real legit absinthe has grand wormwood, which is a toxic herb that you throw in to give, um, let's just say, medicinal benefits. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, so it's not just alcohol; it's alcohol plus this this grand wormwood. Um, in in America, because for the longest time absinthe was banned uh, because it was believed to make you go crazy. In fact, the rumor was that uh, Van Gogh cut off his ear because he drank absinthe, which is not true. He cut off his ear because he went insane. Uh, but but the absinthe was not the result of him going insane. Um, but uh, yeah, so so in America we use something called southern wormwood, which doesn't have the same uh, toxin that the grand wormwood has, So and it doesn't have the same fla- distinct flavor either. Mm. So absinthe is made from anise, green anise, and grand wormwood. It's distilled. It has a pretty high – I don't know the alcohol percentage, but it has a pretty high alcohol percentage. Uh, so, But the effect between the grand wormwood and the – the alcohol is like kind of a sedative. It may, it's kind of like bliss, not a sedative in the sense that you want to go to sleep, but a sedative that you're kind of like, whoa, 
everything's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, like that kind of, that kind of feeling. And, uh, it, it's, it's really cool. It, the anise gives it the flavor of black licorice. And typically what you do is you, you pour in your measure of, of, and it's in a special glass, as you can see, you pour in a measure of, uh, absinthe, and then you put a slotted spoon on top and you put a sugar cube on top of that, and then you drip ice cold water until it luches, meaning changes color and becomes aromatic and it sweetens it. So it's not as bitter and it is, it tastes like uh good and plenty's. Yeah. You know, like that, that nice mm-hmm. black licorice with candy yep. taste. And if you're yeah. a black licorice fan, this is your heaven. That's right your here. drink. This yeah. is it right here. Nice. And so I'm going to sip this and uh, see how blissful I get during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy <clears throat> enjoy i do love absinthe i can't lie oh mm-hmm. eugene and i have drank absinthe together oh yeah so good so i think at some point after oh, this podcast God. we need to get together the three of us Ooh. and enjoy some absinthe, absinthe and yeah. other other stuff yeah that yeah. that we, we're gonna have to have an absinthe party a social distanced absinthe party mm-hmm Notice, not COVID party. We're gonna have a, so, we're gonna have a social makes, distance yeah, makes, absinthe party. That's <laughs> that right. That's different. It, does make it different. Uh, outside, just the three of us, not hundreds, packed into a little room trying to get each other sick. Um, <laughs> which, is stu- which is stupid. I mean, that's, that's it's almost. It's, in fact, that's worse than the Tide Pod challenge, um, which is oh, pretty bad too. Yeah, it doesn't compare. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it's only worse. Be- it's only worse because I'm pretty sure the Tide Pod challenge is more immediately deadly, but it only kills you. <laughs> you know, like exactly. if you're going to be that stupid and eat a Tide Pod and die, yeah. you know, I'm sorry for your family. That stinks. But it only affects you, you minus the grief <laughs> end of it. You know, like mm-hmm. when you have a COVID party, that affects everybody, <laughs> like everybody around you. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, OK. Anyway, yeah. I'm off my soapbox. Um, so that is our Hebrews segment, which brings us to our most excellent music segment. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something with Satan wow. edition. Like Satan wow. edition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we'll start with Sal this time around. Sure. Um, I didn't go with a satanic uh, song per se, but it's devilishly good. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, thrash metal bands. They've been around forever. Overkill, one of the originators of thrash they're they're just below the big four of thrash metal you know the big four is megadeth metallica slayer and anthrax Mm -hmm. and so overkill historically has been just below the 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 top four but they have a song on one of their early uh one of their best albums i think in my opinion horoscope Mm. called nice day for a funeral Mm. um i'll read you some of the lyrics it goes, uh, black suits, eyes closed, nothing left to hear. One mistake, blame the youth, cross the line of fear. 
Burn the bridges that we crossed in time seemed the only way. Not for nothing was his only crime, a final price to pay. Black days, loss of loss for words when there's so much left to say. Time is mine, I have so much time since I went away. Back across the bridges burned, now you walk alone. The lights are on, the doors are unlocked. No one is home. I saw the last of sunshine. I'm going back to Mother Earth. A cry of independence ends in death. Yeah, the last of sunshine. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, nice day for a funeral. Uh, one last time to turn your back. Don't kiss me when I go. Don't wonder why it came to this. You didn't want to know. A bastard child in his misspent youth. Yeah, he's yours and mine. We're digging graves, not the buried truth. If only we had the time. I saw the last of sunshine. I'm going back to Mother Earth. A cry of independence ends in death. Yeah, the last of sunshine. Oh, you know, for what it's worth. Nice day for a funeral. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Could it be Sorry. <laughs> I love the floating uh <laughs> floating LeBay head. <laughs> okay. Uh yes, overkill. So, so what's that song God. mean to you? So I mean it it gets kind of about, you know. And it could kind of be related to our topic of kind of misspent youth and uh, uh, someone who's trying to find their own place in the world and it leads to an untimely death. Um, Mm. But, you know, that kind of looking, you know, sometimes young people are attracted to the dark and mysterious things of the world because, oh, yeah, it's cool and it goes against my parents or whatever. just, Just young people? Just or maybe some <laughs> none of us ever did that in our later years. Oh no, never. No, I wasn't yeah. in fishnets and. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Well, I can't put it on this way. I can't put it on this way. What? Oh my! I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, sweet, nice. Have you called for your doctor, dude? You have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to put you in back on my ears so I can hear you. What was that, Eugene? I was just saying that's awesome that you have one of those. That's oh, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, I looked up uh, gothic face mask to find a face mask that like was gothic print or something. So cool. That was the first thing that came up, and I'm like, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, yes. <laughs> anyway. That is so cool. Unfortunately, yeah. nobody can see what I just did, which means I put <laughs> – <laughs> Which means I put on a uh, black uh, doctor's mask from from the you know middle, medieval period where there was the black yeah. plague. Uh, so uh, so it, you know it's like a long beakish looking thing. It would scare the hell out of you if that was your doctor coming into the room. Um, is there a reason why it looks like that? There is actually. Uh, they used to believe that the odor and vapor that came off the dead was mm-hmm. how you caught the plague. And so they would put those masks on and stuff it with posies so that they couldn't that so that the vapor couldn't infiltrate and it would keep them from getting sick theoretically, except the problem is (laughs) and that might have worked if you caught it via vapor. Uh The the problem is, is a I don't know that that stops the vapor from coming in. It just makes it smell better. Second, (laughs) secondly, um, what it what what was really causing the plague were fleas. So, Please, right. so yeah. as you were smelling things better, you were still getting bit by the fleas that carried the plague and you still got sick exactly. and died. So it didn't work. 
Not to mention yeah. that you never washed your hands. And you never washed your hands, yeah. So so needless to say, look creepy, good intentions, didn't work. Didn't work. No. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that was totally taking away from Sal's uh, overkill. That was overkill. That was overkill. It's kind of related to our, our theme in a way because I actually know the singer of Overkill personally. I know his family. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh. Grew up calling his mom Aunt Barb. Um, oh. But anyway, uh, a lot. His mom sang in the choir with my aunt, who was the organist. So, like, a very devout Catholic family. Mm. And so, a lot of Overkill's music is a reaction to that. Lord uses a lot of the Roman Catholic themes, but uses it against them. Mm, sort yeah. of like a lot of Satanists do, oh, the, ima- the religious imagery uh, sure. against them. So, so that's how it fits in. That's how it fits in. That's cool. Do you still are you still connected at all? Uh very very loosely. Uh, okay. They're his parents are much older now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool though. But yeah, actually ended up with a pastoral encounter at work where it ended up um, I ministered to the parents of the wife of the bassist of the work. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. Okay, um, but that is really cool. <laughs> so um, that brings me to uh, Eugene. Do you want me to go, or do you want to go? Um, it's up to you. Up to you, man. Wow, the guest refers back. Uh, okay, so well, you know what? I'll <laughs> I'll go. I'll go because uh, okay. I think Eugene's got the he's got the quintessential uh, music for the evening, uh, at least in terms of what the people <laughs> yes. think. So, <laughs> so I um, nice. I picked a band called Moonspell, which I said I was going to do in the last episode, and I didn't know what song I was going to pick for Moonspell back then until I read the material for this evening. So, um, and uh, there's no hiding the material for this evening, folks. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. go into it soon, but uh, we read the Satanic Bible. Right. <laughs> okay, so we read the Satanic Bible. <laughs> I love it. We read the Satanic Bible uh, because we wanted to discuss. We thought discussing Satanism on uh, in October, you know, the the ever Satanic month of October, um, and Halloween, we were going to. Uh, it would be a cool topic to discuss. So, one of the chapters in the Satanic Bible is called "Not All Vampires Suck Blood." Okay, uh-huh. so just keep that's floated out there. Right. So I picked a song called uh, "Rapaces" uh, by Moonspell, which is off of their "Darkness and Hope" album, which came out the year of nine eleven. And in fact, uh, I saw them in December of two thousand one, mm-hmm. um, and they sang "Darkness and Hope" and d- dedicated it to all New Yorkers and Americans after the devastating terrorist attack on um, on 9-11. So, so uh, say what you will about Satanists, but that was a pretty <laughs> cool thing to do. And um, so here's the lyrics for Rapaces. Um, Eternal life runs so slow while you play your lamentation show. Eternal kisses are cold. What do you think that, why do you think they are beautiful? Let the candles burn and the stakes go through the soul. Not all vampires suck blood. Not all of them die for love. Eternal life runs so very slow, impossible, so very wrong. Final prayers are loud. How do you think that yours will sound? Not all romantic wounds 
Most of us are strong. Not all vampires suck blood. Not all of them die for love. Eternal life runs so very slow. You are the star of my lamentation show. Eternal kisses are gold. Yes, I think they're beautiful. Let all candles burn. Not, none of us are strong. Not all vampires suck blood. Not all of them die for love. So, um, pretty profound. Uh, but as it turns out, it's a direct quote out of the Satanic Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, LeVay is talking about in that particular chapter are psychic vampires, people who, mm. while they don't suck your blood like a hideous vampire beast in the movies, they suck you of your life, energy. of your life force, yeah. yeah, your energy. And um, we – listen, what, what, no matter what religion you are or aren't, you've been around people who have psyched, sucked you your life force out of you. I mean right. just like you're drained after dealing with them. I don't know. Have you yeah. ever dealt with that, Sal? Uh, yeah, all the time in chaplaincy, in yeah. ministry. Yeah, in ministry mm -hmm. in general, right, right, right. There, there, there are people who general, genuinely need your help, and they, yeah. that can be draining too, but it's a different kind right. of draining. And then there are people who just constantly, constantly need, 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 but right. never give. Like it's all sucking the life out. <laughs> And they exist, man. They, yeah. I don't care. You don't have to be a Satanist to believe that those types of people do exist. And so I found that chapter very interesting and troubling at the same time because I wouldn't necessarily go completely in the direction that he goes in in that chapter. And we'll get into that later. But, um, but, but, but the reality of psychic vampires, I mean, they exist. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that song. And that is our most – oh, no, it isn't. Oh, my God. I almost dropped Eugene off. Eugene, what is your most excellent <laughs> music? Well, uh, mine is uh, – I mean, it's clear. It's uh, obviously Marilyn, <laughs> Marilyn Manson's uh, Kinderfeld. Off what album of, is that off of? That's off of Antichrist Superstar. <laughs> Great album. <laughs> it easily is. Easily one of my, my top – easily my top five. But um, not to go off on a Manson rant, but – uh, this song uh, is my favorite track. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's satanic, but it does kind of almost mirror um, one of the chapters in the book mm -hmm. that um, that I really, really, really uh, dug into. And I really, uh, I it was very interesting to me. It was actually in the chapter on the choice of a human sacrifice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there was some... chapter is that? That's... That's page 87. 87, thank you. Yeah. Like, there's a part where it talks about, you know, how, uh, something about, you know, sacrificing children, but, <laughs> you know, that yeah, nonchalant. You know, just, non nonchalantly. But, um, with, with this song, it, uh, it kind of drew a parallel lyrically to, um, Brian Warner's life. Mm. Um, especially with the lyric, um, the Scabneys will obey. Mm. Um, you know, with these, where, the, where he, was kind of, you know, almost abused in a way. Um, almost, I wouldn't say it's a sacrifice, but I'll just read you some of the lyrics. Yeah. Um, like you guys did. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Okay. First, you have to, you have to face it yeah, toward a, a mirror top. and read it backwards. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess I... <laughs> I guess I'll start... Should I just start from the top or... 
So start from the top and just just read it. Yeah. Sure. Manson's okay. Profound, cool. So, yeah. So he lives inside my mouth and tells me what to say. When he turns the trains on, he makes it go away. Hands are cracked and dirty, and the nails are beetle wings. When he turns the trains on, he unties all of the strings. Tell me something beautiful. Tell me something free. Tell me something beautiful, and I wish that I could be. Then I got my wings, and I never even knew it. When I was a worm, thought I couldn't get through it. Come, come. Toys all smell like children, and the scab knees will obey. I'll have to kneel on broomsticks just to make it go away. Then I got my wings, and I never even knew it. When I was a worm, thought I couldn't get through it. Because today is black. Because there is no turning back. Because your lies have watered me. I have become the strongest weed. Because today is black. Because there is no turning back. Because your lies have watered me. I have become the strongest weeds. The taste of metal. Disintegrator. Three holes upon the leather belt. It's cut and swollen. The age is showing. There's no one here to save ourselves. This is what you should fear. You are what you should fear. This is what you should fear. You are what you should fear. And he repeats that like 10 more times. Yeah, like he just, I know. Like his lyrics, uh, like anybody who doesn't, you know, people know the image of Marilyn Manson, but I don't think right. they get the person. I don't think they understand the artist. When you exactly. read his lyrics, mm-hmm. they pierce your soul because they're not speaking about – ironically, they're not speaking about worshiping Satan. They're speaking no. about how Satan gets into the supposedly good people mm-hmm. and destroys right. lives. I mean yeah. that that's really Antichrist superstar right. at its heart. Yeah. yeah. Like this is a guy who was abused by his grandfather. I mean like right. – what this song is exactly about his fundamentalist his yeah his fundamentalist uh you know bible grandfather. thumping grandfather who right. uh, if i'm not mistaken i don't know if he was he molested um i'm not sure if, if Brian manson was but i know that the whole metaphor in the beginning is quite literal yeah. um the whole nails being like beetle wings he's just saying that his grandfather's hands were so you know weathered from working Heather, so much yeah yeah and, and why he, yeah, it's kind of gross, you know, why he turns the trains on is because he's, you know, yeah, I mean, doing it's certain it's things, certain <laughs> things that are, let's say not, and I, I don't know if he was molested, but I think his grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, because I read the long road, uh, long, hard road out of, out, hell. out of hell. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, his grandfather was into weird sexual, like, that's exactly what it is, fetishes or yeah. something like that. But, right. but, it, but it was done in a way that became, uh, I don't know. It was abusive. I mean, not yeah. not necessarily forcing Manson to do things, but but I, I can't remember. I'd have to read it. Well, read, well, the read whole, a long, long hard road out of hell is a right. good way to get it. Well, kneeling, the kneeling on broomsticks. Lyric, yeah, you know, he was made to do type, that. Yeah, right? that type of punishment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so he had he. I mean, he was forced to go to a a fundamentalist uh boarding christian boarding school type place and um you know he was taught that type of that that 
brand of Christianity, and he, he grew up in a household that supposedly was Christian, and yet there was an underbelly to that, and a right. deep and dark underbelly. Yeah. And so this is him expressing that, and other people who have gone through similar things relating to that. Um, you know, Manson can be much more liberating than people want to let on or people mm-hmm. even realize. So yeah, I, I got in a YouTube loop the other day and a thing popped up of, uh, like six times, uh, the guest has outdid the interviewer and a, mm-hmm. it was all Marilyn Manson. And, uh, mm-hmm. there was a, a mother with her daughter on, uh, Total Request Live, and the mother was saying, you've turned her away from the Catholic Church, and you've ruined her faith, and she doesn't believe anymore. And Manson was like, dude, I, I admire Jesus and his teachings, but I want your daughter to be able to, you know, decide for herself. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's a legit answer. Manson's even on record saying yeah. that he, he surprisingly, uh, uh, he's on record saying that he actually wouldn't even necessarily classify himself an atheist. Like he's kind of open to like that. Mm. Um, what he does is he calls out the blatant hypocrisy. hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, right. and then, yes, there was the shock, the shock rock stuff, like, you know, joining the church of Satan, just right. It's a thing, you know, like, Ooh, that's I'm for gonna, theater. Kind of freak people out, you know, but, but like, right. if you, if you followed Manson through the years, First of all, you're a fool if you stood outside of, of a Manson concert picketing him and protesting him and saying he's going <laughs> to hell because he turned that into a video and sold it to your children who ate it up. <laughs> so let me tell you, boycotting people is the worst thing you can do because it turns into a boycott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We come to a money-making machine. <laughs> we see that with the, the Goya, right? Like, 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 like Exactly. Everyone was like, I love black beans now. Because yeah, 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 like, oh, the, the president of Goya supports Trump, so we're going to boycott him. So every one of Trump's supporters go out and like, right. let's buy up the show. I went into the store one day looking for chickpeas and they were gone, like-, <laughs> like gone. Like, where's my Goya? <laughs> and I wasn't even making a statement. I just wanted yeah, chickpeas. Like, where the- <laughs> now, they, now they literally just have like closets full of beans. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the, the bean Goya bean prepper. Uh, <laughs> like we're going de- to destroy our Keurig coffee brewer. <laughs> if the apocalypse ends, if the apocalypse happens, animals die and there's famine, the people who have chickpeas and black beans and kidney beans from Goya will be prepared because they will have all the protein they need. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just bad. Okay. So anyway, Rock on, man. That's that's a uh, deep stuff. That's I think yeah. we, this is one of our best. Um, uh, aside from the interview ones that we've done with people, this is the best, like basic, most excellent music segment because I think it really kind of um, got kind of deep. It was probably the deepest one yeah. I think we've had. I could be wrong, but that's that's what I think. And then again, we could be the most Christocentric. Uh, <laughs> Christocentric yeah. podcast on the internet, I think, was the claim from the last episode. <laughs> or the most Christocentric satanic podcast. <laughs> Christo-satanic centric <laughs> podcast. Okay, so um, so I guess that that brings us into um, a uh, shithouse theology segment because mm-hmm. this will lead into the general uh, the general 
um, bogus journey. By the way, Eugene, we're calling this bogus journey after Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't seen Bill and Ted face the music, do like what are you waiting for? Um, it's awesome. There's a lot. That, I don't think I've seen that. It's yeah. the newest one, so just it was supposed to be in the theater. I guess it is in the theater where theaters are open, but it's it's cool. It's if you like Bill and Ted, you're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. If you hate Bill and Ted, then oh, avoid huh? it like the plague because it's Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um guess I have to find so, out. Yeah, yeah. So have you ever seen any of the Bill and Ted movies? I'm, uh, I'm trying to I really I'm pretty sure I have not. Yeah. Oh, well, no. then then watch them. You know, you can if, go on Voodoo and order the whole bundle. And yeah, watch if you have I, iTunes or whatever, you can. I bought the the whole bundle, for all three, for like thirty five dollars. Yeah, thirty five dollars. Yeah, I'm kidding. I was gonna say for three movies, bro. Like, yeah, I know. It's like what ten ten bucks a movie. Oh, the the, the terror. <laughs> oh no, it, it it didn't quite make it into the Walmart five dollar bin. <laughs> Why would you spend thirty five dollars on a movie when you can go to the theater and spend eighty? That's so true. Seriously, <laughs> like true story. Uh, anyway, that aside. Um, uh, so, so I recently, I'm not going to name names or mention that they were family members or anything like that. Oh, I guess I just did. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, recently I got a new tattoo, which by the way, I'm putting together a video for, uh, our patrons. Uh, and so I put together a tattoo or put together a tattoo. Yeah. I put together a tattoo. It was great. It was like yeah. a jigsaw puzzle, and then it, it just, it, you know, stuck to my skin. Um, so anyway, no, I didn't put together a tattoo, but I, I got a tattoo uh, in, in line with, like, as I've been talking about, I'm getting a, a gothic classic horror sleeve on my left arm. Um, no significance as to why it's on my left arm, but that, like, that arm had the more gothic-looking tattoos, and I wanted to fill it out. Um, and I conversely have theological tattoo a tattoo on my right arm and bon jovi and a wolf which all fits into my spirituality and uh so light side dark side right um mm-hmm. so on my shoulder now i have the the tattoo of count orlock from nosferatu um and anybody who knows me knows i love that 1922 silent film the creepiest vampire film to date hands down and it was made in 1922 and you have to read through it because there's it's silent. So and anyone who knows me right. also knows that I rescored that film with my own music. So um, so right after getting the tattoo, of course, I watched my version of Nosferatu, a symphony of horror. Nice. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I remember that. You remember that, right? So anyway, yeah. I I um I have that on my arm and I will put pictures of it on on uh, our patron account. Um, but. Here's the deal. Evidently, somebody is going to unfriend me now because I've clearly gone to the dark side. (laughs) I've gone to the dark side because what man of God would permanently ink themselves with that demonic face? (laughs) And and, you know, evidently I need help. So this is this this episode is my calling out for help. I need help. Help me, please help me. Uh, ironically, ironically, um, 
said person didn't reach out earlier when I had my pulled back to see if I needed help mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe a prayer or some show of concern then, it was now that I'm getting tattooed with a vampire face that I need help. You know, broken and mm-hmm. crippled. No, he doesn't need help. He's cool. Getting a tattoo about a vampire. Woo. Like, God help him. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, seriously. So, uh, okay, I'm being a little facetious here, but like, <laughs> here's, here, this is not the first, and I'm sure it will not be the last time. Uh, I was a demon worshiper back when I was a teenager, according to certain people, um, be, be, certain Christian people, uh, because I dressed goth. And wore black lipstick and had pierced ears and tattoos. My God, and black eyeliner, Seriously. yeah, black nail polish. Because you know, it, everywhere in the Bible, it's telling you, "Thou shalt not wear black," right? Like, like that. Mm-hmm. That's just like everywhere in the Bible. It's just it literally is in the Bible. Thou shalt not wear black. Isn't that the eleventh commandment? It's the eleventh commandment. No, it's the thirteenth commandment. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the Friday the 13th commandment. yeah the Friday the 13th commandment right um, so, <laughs> so um, that's followed by don't go to Crystal Lake or that's preceded by don't go to Crystal Lake that's the 12th commandment mm. uh, the 11th commandment is I think don't be a jerk or something like that uh, but <laughs> uh, I don't know you have more expertise in that Sal um, so evidently um I need I need help because I'm getting tattoos of monsters on my on my body. Um, even though on my other arm I have a tattoo of the Holy Sacrament of Eucharist, so didn't need help then. I guess that was okay, uh, but now I need help. Um, the reason why this is troubling, and it's not because it personally affects me, though in this case it does. It is. Ironically, while the Bible does have uh, scriptures that say don't get tattoos and things like that, the context as to why you didn't get a tattoo matters. It wasn't because God had something against body art. It was because when you got your ears pierced, that meant you were a slave. So why would you pierce your ear? Like that makes no sense. And when you, and by the way, it's not just men. Women weren't to pierce their ears either. So let's be clear on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Or adorn themselves with fancy jewelry, um, you know, and they were to dress modestly and cover their hair in hair in church. Uh, so, it, it, you know, if we're going to go into the laws, um, right. the tattoo basically came down. If if you remember the 650 prophets of Baal, what were they doing? They were cutting and marking themselves in order to appease the god Baal uh, as a, as a, in in a way to call a, a fire down from the heavens on Elijah and his god. This was this was something that ancient religions in that time period did. They would get tattoos that had ritual significance to appease the gods that they were worshiping. So Jews said, you know, God said to the Jews, don't do this for you're not that like you're right. my people and your mark will be circumcision. Have fun. Um, OK, that was <laughs> that was a little off. <laughs> Nip the tip. Rabbi Tuckman. Um, anyway, uh, I wouldn't say that that's not not it. <laughs> <laughs> but but, you know, God, God said this is the mark that will show that you are mine. You don't need to tattoo yourself. You don't need to pierce yourself. You don't need to cut yourself. You don't need to make graven images. That was the context. 
today's context of tattooing is completely, completely different. It's completely different. Today's today's um, today's uh, context is people wanting to express themselves via body art. They're not. It's not a statement. So Maybe like my my tattoo here uh, uh, with uh, communion. You know, that's a statement of my faith and my belief in the sacrament. Um, yeah, but but most people aren't getting tattoos that are necessarily theologically significant. They're not getting it to appease some angry God so that their corn can grow higher. Um, You know, like, I mean, like the context makes a difference, you know, just like uh, for the Gentiles, it didn't make sense to Paul that they should have to get circumcised at 20, 30, 40 years old when they weren't born under a law that required them to get circumcised. It's just enough to believe in Jesus. Like, let, let's move on. You know, you ate right. pork, go for it. Enjoy spare ribs, yeah. man. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm not going to do that because I don't, but you can do that and it's cool. Right. So, so these people who get so wrapped up in the legalism of like the old Testament is, is annoying, but they also act like getting a tattoo of a vampire is so evil but, you know, judging isn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. you should be so concerned that you have a vampire affixed to your shoulder that I'm going to deem you and put myself in God's place mm-hmm. and say that you've got a problem, you've turned to the darkness, and you're on a path heading to hell. <laughs> Am I missing yeah. something here? <laughs> no, that's exactly what it is. so i got a tattoo and that's evil but you taking the place of god that's cool right right well i think uh max page there was the he puts out these inspirational posts and it said we need to really separate what's just americanism from what's the Mm -hmm. gospel Mm. and i think uh, especially with this satanic hmm, could it be satan this satanic stuff i think (laughs) (laughs) sorry i think think a lot of american christians have just because of all this stuff in the 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 hollywood media of what is satanic Mm. they don't actually know what scripturally what is satanic and what is you know so they think that their right their perceived righteousness is righteous but it's no you're it's judgmental take the log out of your eye before you look at the speck in my eye Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it, exactly. the the quote that was uh, on Facebook was exactly this: "I am unfriending Todd, be- <laughs> and he will he will be thankful that I'm unfriending him because he has apparently turned to the dark side and needs help." So your so your your response, your <laughs> Christian Jesus like response was, "I am unfriending Todd because he needs help." <laughs> No, not only that, you'll be thankful. I'll, I'll be thankful. I'll be, be thankful. glad I unfriended yeah, you. Yeah, I'll be thankful. I'm I'm going to be thrilled that you're unfriending me because I need help and I've turned to the dark side. Uh, last time I checked, Jesus didn't unfriend people because they needed help. He just helped them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, like if you're that concerned, I need help. Reach then out. Help me. <laughs> reach out and help. See if see if my spiritual well being is you know okay. You know, like reach out, give a helping hand. Um, it's really not that hard. No, it's not that hard. Um, so, so 
basically that's shit house theology right there. That's like like the shit house theology to the nth degree of shit. Yeah, um, and I I think what needs to be, honestly be a situation like that. The person doesn't know that they're coming from a place of being the opponent, you know, right. Satan. Right. Now, I'm not saying I, that this I, person is Satan, but they are being the opponent because uh, their intention doesn't seem too pure. Right. Isn't that funny? Divisive. You know? Divisive. Exactly. It's divisive. I'm going to call you out publicly and I'm going to get people, presumably to get people to unfriend me too. Right. To mm-hmm. isolate me because of my tattoo. Right. right. If she truly cared, she could have. He or she could have private messaged you and said, hey, I just saw that you got this tattoo, Um, you know, with me. I don't agree with it, but I'd love to hear – I'd love to talk to you about this because I feel concerned. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, If you really cared, you would have done that. And that would have led into a conversation. Maybe exactly. some pr- maybe some prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even if we separate, maybe even if we disagreed at the end of all of that, there would have been a mutual respect for the concern of another right. person toward another right. person. Yeah. And it goes exactly. and it goes against the very biblical uh, directive from Jesus about dealing with. If you got an issue with someone, take it to them directly. If not, take it to an elder. If not, take it to the church. Right. Right. There's exactly. a tiered system here. You start off private. You bring right. it. You keep it private by bringing it to an elder who can then approach the person, and then, and then, if they still won't listen, you bring it to the church, not the world, right. <laughs> on Facebook to the church. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just a reinforcement, right, of the golden rule: do unto others as you would have done and unto you. Exactly. You wouldn't want your stuff blasted out in the open. You'd want somebody to come to you in private. So extend that same courtesy. Exactly. That's yep. it's a, That's all. I mean, not not, not hard. Not not rocket science. Christianity 101. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. So I bring this up not because I want to get on my soapbox about what what, what happened to me, but it's an example of what happens out there. If it's look, trust me, if it's happening to me as a pastor, mm-hmm. there are people being eaten alive by it who aren't pastors, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you wonder why people turn to say Satanism. Right, <laughs> or why they run far, 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 far away from the church. This is why. Right. This is why mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who left the church because of this type of stuff. I've come back. I'm right. mature. I can handle it. You don't like me? That's fine. I'll get another mm-hmm. tattoo, and you know, right. and life's merry. <laughs> um, but don't do this. You're not witnessing to the love of Christ by doing this. You are witnessing that Christ is nothing but hate toward people who are different than you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> I've been oh. on my soapbox a lot this this night. I'm sorry. You have. <laughs> so let's make this more. Let, let, okay, I, I'm off my soapbox. Let's make this more it's interactive okay. between between oh. the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's good. We, we have a guest on here, so we can hear the guest too. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel but, like I feel so part of the family, man. <laughs> Sure, the third mic. Come on. He's 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 a third <laughs> mic. Um, so, uh, so here we are. We are holding in our hands, all three of us, the unholy trinity of the Satanic Bible. Yes, that means that we supported the Church of Satan three times over. <laughs> Really, a mere thirty dollars, but that's about it. <laughs> it's thirty dollars, yeah, ten dollars a book. Um, so uh, I told Eugene, <laughs> the, my I, I didn't tell you the movies. This. 
It's like the movies. It's like the movies. I, I told Sal. I told Sal this. I said. I said, Sal, like, buy the book. And and I mean, even if you have to burn it at the end, you know, just buy the book and we'll read it and we'll <laughs> we'll have a, a merry old discussion on Satanism. Yep. So here we are, Sal. Kick it off. Well, so we are discussing the Satanic Bible by Anton Lavey. Yeah. Uh, who uh, came to prominence in what the sixties and seventies? Yeah. Um, and wrote what has become the Bible for Satanists. Um, it's uh, just from my flipping through it really quickly. I didn't do as in-depth a reading, uh, I think, as Gene and Todd, uh, but I've got my Wikipedia notes as well. But uh, <laughs> um, it starts, it really does start off, and I when I was reading it, you know, it's got, you know, influences of Ayn Rand and mm-hmm. libertarianism and individualism and, and Nietzsche, you know, of course, Nietzsche. Um, it's just one big, uh, he wanted to say F you to the church. Um, yeah, really. I mean, the philosophy and the, the quote unquote theology in the book is, um, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what was that? Again? I, I didn't, I didn't <clears throat> did bullshit. You? Did you hear that, Eugene? It went right over my head. I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, Can we get a I mean, third? <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, I mean, the the, real, the the philosophy and the theology really isn't subs- very substantive, other than you know, uh, screw the church. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, I would say that that is. Uh, it, he didn't. It's the ironic thing is, is he's not just saying screw the church. In fact, he's saying he he actually in the sixties was saying that the church became so irrelevant that now it might not even be satanic enough to to reverse <laughs> the church images. Now we might want to reverse, say, Hollywood or or liberal mm. political ideals. So so instead of being liberal, be as conservative as you can be. So you're not. I, I kind of feel like we're living in right. that age actually already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 40 years yeah, later. I think I think so. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> we're not going to go down yeah. that rabbit. We're not we won't go down that rabbit hole. But um but yeah, like like he, he is about basically if it is mainstream, turn it on its head. Right. That's the yeah. satanic thing to do. Right. Right. Any thoughts there, Gene? Um yes. Uh in the sense of I'm just thinking of the, you know, the term, you know, how how he's not really, we all agree that it's not state in the sense of like, you know, the whole Hollywood version idea of the double, you know. It's though, not, Holly, though Hollywood borrowed from him heavily. <laughs> ex- exactly. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not, it's not like, it's not a, it's not like it's a book of, um, uh, you know, like I don't use the term like flowery words, but it's more of on the nose, in a mm-hmm. in a way I would say. Uh, I just wanted to. Can I jump into a chapter that I? Please, or, please do. Please do. Absolutely. Go for it. Um, if that's cool. Or yeah, dive into oh, the God. abyss. Dive um, into the black infernal book. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, I just wanted to. I felt a bit. Um, not really. Conf- I don't want to use the word conflicted, but weirdly intrigued. 
Okay. Weirdly intrigued. Um, weirdly, oddly intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see how somebody would actually dig it Where, in a way. Which, which page are you on? Uh, page 87. On the choice, oh, yeah, the one I talked about earlier on the choice of human right. sacrifice. Um, it talks about uh, you know lower creatures, you know animals being sacrificed and whatnot, and how. Let me just read this. It'd be easier if I did that. Sounds good. Okay. The supposed purpose, yeah, the supposed purpose in performing. The ritual of sacrifice is to throw the energy provided by the blood of the freshly slaughtered victim into the atmosphere of the magical working, thereby intensifying the magician's chances of success. The white magician assumes that since blood represents the life force, there is no better way to appease the gods or demons than to present them with suitable quantities of it. Combine this rationale with the fact that a dying creature is expanding an overabundance of adrenal of a Adrenal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And other biochemical energies. And you have what happens to be an unbeatable combination. The white magician, wary of the consequences involved in the killing of a human being, naturally utilizes birds or other lower creatures in his ceremonies. It seems that these sanctimonious wretches feel no guilt in the taking of a non-human life as opposed to humans. The fact of the matter is that if the magician is worthy of his name, he will be uninhibited enough to release the necessary force from his own body instead of from an unwilling and undeserving victim. Mm. So, Mm. okay. To me, that chapter is something that I read, and I go, yeah, I get that. And just to be be honest, I understand. I can... I can see what he's saying when he says that um, we're utilizing other animals mm. um, in these ceremonies, you know, to kill them and whatnot. I mean, they're innocent, you know, like why, right. why do these, you know, why is that, why do we get to shirk that type of. From the sense um, of what makes human beings life more valuable than the animal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, you know, to atone for, a, you know, a sin or right. whatever. Um, to, be, to be clear to our listener before we carry this on, uh, LeVay actually did not condone killing people. <laughs> like, right. And that, literally, that, literally killing right. them, like sacrificing them. He's just talking about what he sees as the hypocrisy of Ex- supposed white magicians. That, and that's exactly – yes, that's exactly yeah. – and further in the chapter he does – yeah. talk about you know how he's not about you know talking about killing people or killing like there's a there's the idea that satanists love to do these child sacrifices but he says actually quite the contrary you know children are you know quote unquote closer to the earth or whatnot mm-hmm. and they're natural magicians you know we respect and venerate children why would we right um hurt and destroy them right right so so it Basically, what he's saying is, and he calls them sanctimonious wretches. He's right. talking about anybody who sees, like for instance, in Wicca, there there's the performance of magic. Uh, magic is the exertion, just for people who aren't familiar, the exertion of energy through controlled means, however you do it, um, mm-hmm. out into the into the um, universe to affect change. So, like, let's say, right. not much different than prayer, but let's say I. I really uh, have an aunt 
for instance, who is uh, ill with uh, a disease. I can do a ritual and and work up energy and send that energy out to affect the change of healing in my aunt. The right. I, that's the idea of it. Um, white magicians are people who will say. So this is this is actually not against the church. This is against uh, people right. of the magical arts, so to speak, on the on the white side of things. White versus black magic. Um, he says right. you are a bunch of sanctimonious fools. You're you are you are basically self-determining that this is the right way to go and then and then demonizing others who supposedly follow the black arts when you don't even understand right. the black arts and you yourselves are are kind of following them even though you don't say you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so that that's his critique of he he's of he, between he, white and white and black magic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um Let me keep reading. Trying to think of what. Oh, that's why. Okay, so it's kind of a almost veering off, but it's really not veering off of the topic. Okay. Um, with this exact same chapter, why it resonated in a way that I uh, just had a chuckle. Um, is the actual part of the quote unquote human sacrifice, and obviously, it's not. Just to be clear, guys, it's not literal. It's not literal, right? And whatnot. But um, not the, you know, hexing a curse on someone, and why somebody right, would right. do it, and why we, why we would assume right. that somebody would, um, want to do that, and right, like I said, and in Wicca, Wicca just how, to clarify, there there's a rule in mm-hmm. white magic where if you if you curse somebody, it'll come back to you times three, which he also talks about. I'm just throwing um, in the context so that people understand what right. he's actually going against addressing, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying how I'm saying how this how this book could, you know, draw somebody to think sure, sure. slightly differently. Um, oh, like I was saying, this chapter kind of touches upon if somebody wrongs you, and um, it's almost your almost your duty to, in a way, hurt them in some some way. Now, obviously, I would never do that. Right. But uh, you yeah, know, like we're not subscribing to these beliefs. Yeah, we're just that's, that's what I'm trying. Yeah, I'm, them. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I'm really trying to. I'm trying to really express. <laughs> You're trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and express what he's saying. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. There's gonna be a lot of that so, this evening. Uh, by the way. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just about, if you know, about maybe a month or two ago. Um, a roommate uh, kind of like went off and <laughs> yeah, and kind of you know like hit, physically uh, hit me, like punched me, and um, it was a total reflection on like you know I had to obviously catch myself to not you know retaliate mm-hmm. or do things that could have you know really harmed him you know even further. And I don't mean like I would have. <laughs> beating this right. guy up there's no way this guy was like <laughs> was huge right. I, right. I wouldn't have won this fight but um no matter how much insanity you did dude no <laughs> <laughs> i wish uh but uh it's it really brought up a f- feelings in me of you know like man this is a moment where i could exact revenge you know mm. if i wanted to mm. and um do i still protect myself and still find a way to show mercy and or kindness, you know, within right. reason, right. you know, because if I don't, I'll be complicit 
in my own abuse mm-hmm. and and complicit in them further being, you know, yeah. not the best person that they can be. Right. Clearly. And um, there are no excuses for what the person did. No, no. In this book. And, and the thing is, the book kind of touches on that as well. And, um, but I, I just wanted to, it just, it kind of just stuck with me that there were, the book is really trying to enforce the idea that you can and you should try to seek, you know, revenge. Revenge. That's Where, what it, that's what it does. Yeah. Right. Not, not undo revenge, uh-huh. which, which is tricky and full, we can get into this philosophically because. Right. Who gets to judge what is undue revenge? Exactly, and, and that's where Levey, I think, that's where the whole comes into his argument because and, and you become the self judge. You become the self judge, right? And right. you know, and there's there's some people there's a natural aspect, I think, for people to have mercy, uh, to yeah. you know, to forgive, and if we're going to want to enjoy our human experience as he wants us to if he wants us to be you know totally human there is a human aspect that does uh want to show kindness that can show kindness and can show forgiveness right instead of just saying you know what this person wronged you and you should get back at them and what does getting back at them actually do Um, right and what does that mean but that also makes me wonder like is that now do i i think now do i have these feelings of forgiveness because of my religious upbringing or could it be because simply of how I'm wired? Could it be because of my life circumstances? Yeah. All of those instances, we can take religion out of it. Just my life circumstances alone, my experiences with other people, if people have shown kindness or forgiveness to me, Hey, that might be a lesson. I might do that to someone else. That's still a, yeah, it's still a part (laughs) of, me as a whole person. Yeah, no. Uh, no. The the thing I, I appreciated about this chapter, uh, of course, as a Christian, I wholly disagree with Levey's um, conclusion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'll let I'll let uh, Sal get into that too. Give him a chance to speak. But my piece on it is all all human beings have been Jesus himself. I mean, have been. Right. In, have been in situations where we're being lashed out against and it seems the most natural thing for us to do is to stop the lashing mm-hmm. and and stop the person from lashing. And right. so if you call that revenge, fine. You call it revenge. I call it self-preservation. I call it uh, right. evolution. I call it survival of the fittest. Like you are not going to beat me. Mm-hmm. I'll be, I will beat you. That is the natural order of things. And so what I think LeVay is calling us to right. in this chapter is why deny your natural – your natural recourse. If that's what you're naturally meant to do, do it. The problem with that is, is that human beings, for whatever reason, and we can't limit it to just religion because even Richard Dawkins would agree with this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He wrote a super dumb essay called uh, Atheist for Jesus. I say super dumb because he uses super dumb toward Christians and religious people. And so I'm being facetious, but Mm. he wrote a super dumb essay about called Jesus for Atheists, where he proposes that Jesus's teachings, even though Jesus was a moronic idiot who believed in God because he had no choice because he lived back in the first century where everybody believed in God, 
which isn't true. Uh, <laughs> like, um, like, like in the Bible, it says the fool says in their heart, there is no God. Like, so yes, atheists exist back then. Yeah. You can't uh, make sweeping claims. You right, can't make right. sweeping claims like that. Right. Come on, Dawkins. <laughs> so, so, um, so he says that, but Jesus's teachings were super, super nice. And even though evolution would have us choose survival of the fittest, we should choose Jesus's teachings because they'll make us more nice toward one another. Like, huh? Like, like, really? Like, <laughs> what? Like, are you ki- are you kidding me? Like, right. are you kidding me? And so, um, and so, yeah. So, so that is his argument about. Um, anyway, all of that to say, I think that even Dawkins in himself ha- has this innate morality within him. He doesn't want to call it God. Mm-hmm. He wants to say right. that there's this innate more, you know, there's this innate need to be nice to one another, uh, and right. that that's what's best about humanity is when we can we can fight nature and be nice to one another. And exactly. Levay is saying, throw that out. Yep. Right, uh, and that's. <laughs> what do you What do you want to say about that, Sal? Oh. Now that we just compare it to atheists. <laughs> well, to yes, of- Satanism is atheism. By the way, the Levayan Satanism. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, I was going to point out in the, the book of Satan on page 33, mm-hmm. he says, mm-hmm. Choose ye this day, this hour, for no redeemer liveth. Say unto thine own heart, I am my I am mine own redeemer. So he's he's trying to say that there is no moral code in the universe. There is no God, but we are the ultimate judge of morality yes. and redemption. Yes. With, so yeah and and that's that's problematic man because like i mean just look at this world from a realistic perspective okay if we are all our own judges what makes the kkk racist um any more or better or worse than me i mean it becomes our own subjective perspective right i mean there's proof that you're not (laughs) But 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 why? But by what moral code? I and who determines that moral code? Uh, society. We as I guess. Levey has an yeah. answer to this. We have Levey has an answer to this. But if if because Levayan Satanism is mm. individual atheism at its like height. It's theatrical yeah. atheism. He he automatically right off the bat he says. I don't really believe in God. I don't believe in Satan. Uh, but if I'm going to if I'm going to worship a God because he recognizes that human beings need ritual, mm-hmm. uh, that's just a part of our innate need. Now we can ask why. Why do we need ritual? Which he doesn't attempt to ask or answer. Yeah, um, maybe because we were created that way. But anyway, mm-hmm. we need we need ritual. That's what he says. And so he says, so if I'm going to have to, you know, if I, if I, if my need is to worship something and, and I, and I don't believe in God or Satan, I might as well make myself God and worship me. Myself. Right. (laughs) Which (laughs) even though he's an atheist, that's rather satanic actually when you think about it. (laughs) You're still believing in a God, which is yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're you're putting yourself up to the level of God. So, like in in mm-hmm. the in the Satanic Bible, the the chief holiday is your birthday. 
Oh, my birthday. Boring. Because <laughs> the greatest day for me was the day I was born because I wouldn't be here if I wasn't born. Mm. Yay me. <laughs> of, right. course, of course. Makes there sense. There is no greater birthday than February 13th <laughs> because Todd was born that day. Right before uh, Valentine's Day. Right before Valentine's Day. It's the, uh, it's the unholy Valentine's Day because it's on the 13th. <laughs> um, so, so like there's a shallowness there is what I'm right. saying. Like, like honestly, by his moral code. Now, his answer to that question is, well, if you're a KKK person and you're killing or hurting people, you're taking away their individual freedom and therefore it's wrong. That's mm. – that's, but but if you press him on that – well, what makes that wrong? Mm-hmm. Like it's wrong because you say it's wrong. But then right. that takes my freedom away from thinking it isn't wrong. Right. Right. The question still stands. Yeah, that, that's the shallowness of it is that yeah. if, if I am the ultimate judge of what's right and wrong. Then I get to decide what is right or wrong in right, every circumstance. Right. So if I'm like, you know, like uh, – down with the Jews and black people, and I'm not, by the way. Someone's going to take that clip out and just yeah. have it by itself and say, look, I knew it. I knew, I knew it. I they knew he was tattoo. a white supremacist. <laughs> he got that tattoo. Yeah. But if that is if that is my if that is my moral code, mm-hmm. who am I to who's to tell me otherwise? So so that's that's my problem morally with this book is like it, it, it sounds nice, you know, sort of kind of it doesn't sound nice in some ways, but it sounds nice, uh, but kind of like communism, you know, like works on paper. But once you put it into practice, right, right. like you have Joseph Stalin or Mao or Pol Pot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's. That's my my thought, and and uh, for for those of you who may be wondering why there's a silence on the Sal- Salvatore Sarmarco end, it's because he is being dad right now. Um, Aww. 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 who could hold that against? Him? Aww. Aww, we can't. Let's make we should make cooing noises. This podcast. This podcast, right? So. <laughs> So another interesting thing I found about um, – Sal's going to come back and we're going to be like on Revelation 13. Exactly. He'll be like, wait, we're not – we're in the Bible? <laughs> um, but like you know, like one of the things that I, I just – that whole psychic vampire thing. Oh, yeah. Um, like on the one end, I – yeah, there are people who drain you – and, and they're draining people, and overall, we need to like distance ourselves from such people because you're never going to have a healthy relationship with somebody who's like that. Right. But, but does that mean we are now we shouldn't care for that person, even if it's in our prayers? You know, like praying for that person or loving that person from afar, so to speak. Right. Right. You know, like his is Levay's Levay's the direction he goes in is they're 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 vampires. Destroy them. Forever. Right. De- destroy right. them. And what he means like, so by destroy them is curse them or you curse know. them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, like a step step too far. Like you can you can you can go as far as saying, you know what? I don't like you. Um I really don't have to ever see you again in my life, but I respect you as a human being. Right. And you know, 
I, for myself, your presence in my life <laughs> isn't going to be beneficial for me, but that does not mean I hate you. Like, right. I think, I think, I feel like that is the limit that we can go and still be respectful humans. But once we're, you know, saying curse them and, and be done with them or, or just to hurt them, it's just like, that makes you as bad. You become them. You. Yeah. You yeah, literally you, just become yeah. them. Thank you become you. the thing that you didn't want to become. So who's really winning? Right. Neither. Right. Right. That's why I love like in this, uh, uh, you know, old uber conservative Trump versus uber progressive, you know, like Bernie Sanders, let's say. Right. Like um, the Bernie, the Bernie bros, their tactics are as bad, if not worse than the Trumpsters. <laughs> like, yeah, how, does that, how does that like, make you better? It doesn't. It doesn't it, it just make right. the same problem on the other side of the coin. So like, like. Like take a chill pill, have some absinthe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what are absinthe. your thoughts about what are your thoughts about that that dichotomy that that like you know there love the Sal love those who love you and hate those who 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 deserve to be hated. It, I mean, it's just it. It's demonic. Right, like I mean, ironically, he's an atheist, but he does cross over into. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, the, his Satanic Bible really isn't a religious text, so to speak. I mean, his it's a glorified atheism. If you, I mean, if you look at the the, uh, the Satanic Temple, which puts the statue of Baphomet up in uh, the courtyards next to the Ten Commandments, um, it's not so much about religion as it is fairness equality if you're going to have this represented have this represented right right um but yeah it's the you know i think it it's kind of like a miss miss interpretation of an eye for an eye it is kind of yeah it is um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like <clears throat> it really yeah, when, when when <laughs> when you think about you know scripturally Satan is the the tempter, and what it, what Levee is basically um, promoting is selfishness. That's what he's conveying is selfishness. Absolutely, right. um, um, he's conveying selfishness, and he is um, basically putting self above everything else, making yourself the self judge, um, and uh, really like. Um, trying what he's trying to do is say that you know christianity teaches you something that's unnatural so ditch it and and he doesn't just pick on christianity he picks on wicca he picks on anything that chooses what he calls the right hand path versus the left hand path um but but you know this is teaching you to do something that's against your nature embrace your nature the problem with that is if everybody did that it would be a sin du jour mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, it like, would. Right? Like, like if yeah. you took if you took Satanism to its ultimate conclusion, what do we what do we have? Do whatever you want, I guess. Whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Like, like live and and don't let live, or let live if they deserve letting live, which you're the ultimate judge of. The Vase version of Satanism is really uh, the ultimate form of relativism. Like there's yes. no, there's no truth. There's no definitive truth. There's, Except what you make. There's my truth and your yeah. truth and your truth. And 
you know, and LeVay talked about like the, the death of the, the decline of the church with liberalism mm-hmm. in theology, which came true. <laughs> it did come, yeah. it did, yeah. it did come true. Um, Definitely came through. That but, was prophetic. There is some but, prophecy in here. You almost see the teachings of his satanic Bible coming out in uh, evangelicals and libertarians and uh, right-leaning political folks now of this, this, it's my truth. It's me, me, me. Uh, what I, my truth is right. You know, my freedom is right. You know, I was right. going to say that Eugene brings up, um, destroy, you know, Eugene bringing up destroy those who deserve to be destroyed is the equivalent of what we see among the ultra conservative Christians who believe that Trump is an Trump or any other political leader. I'm not getting political personally on, you know, partisan on here, but that belief that that any politician who supports their worldview, uh, no matter what they do, it's okay because they support, mm. support their worldview. So if this person is, for instance, saying, you know, lock them up in cages, separate them from families, and do all of these hard, immoral things that Christ wouldn't have you do, it's okay because they gave me uh, freedom to pray in public. Or they gave me, <laughs> right? Give me, uh, you know, a, a, a more Christian Supreme Court choice, <laughs> you know, or or they alleged, gave me uh, alleged Christian, yeah, le- right? <laughs> alleged Christian. So, so Maybe. name name your political gift here, yeah. and it's okay Ex- that they destroy human exactly. beings and lives and lie and and you know right. treat, treat people without dignity because, because they threw they, me a they threw me a bone. They appointed a pro pro life. Supreme Court judge or whatever. Right. And on the flip side, you do see it in Uber, you know, to be fair, so we're not partisan here, um, that you see it in the Uber progressive church as well. You are uh, okay, even though you're doing things that Christ wouldn't have you do, because you're pro, you know, uh, same sex marriage, pro equal rights, pro this, pro that. Even though you are demonizing the other side and doing things that Christ would not have you do, you're cool because you meet my agenda. Mm. It works on both sides. It really does. Right. And you can see the extremes on both on both sides. So to, to be fair, um, but but that that sort of thing is exactly what LeVay is like okay with. Right. Because how how can he not be? True. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So, I mean, as anybody who has been hurt, and I agree with you, Eugene, if you've been hurt, the idea of yeah. like stopping the stopping the abuser um, at all costs will resonate with you, you know. Right. Um, but what LeVay does isn't just stop the abuser, but then become the abuser. Right. But then hurt. Right. So you right. don't just stop the abuse. I agree. Someone's abusing you. Stop it. You got to stop it. At all costs, stop it. You know, um, you know, try try to do so peacefully. But if you can't, I mean, you got to do what you got to do because no one should be abused. Right. Um, but that's not what LeVay is saying. LeVay is saying, right. He's saying they've abused you. So now abuse them. Abuse them. Mm-hmm. Destroy them because they're not worthy of of being, you know. And again, he's not talking about physically destroying them. We've got to make that ultimately clear. He's not saying, right. well, that person right. punched it's- you, so stab him in the throat. You know, like that's, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> but but he is saying ultimately dedicate your energy to spiritually and psychologically destroying that gone. person. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what he's ultimately saying. And 
as a Christian, I could never, never embrace that. Like, yeah, I understand how hard forgiveness is. I understand how counterintuitive it is, but that's what makes it true to me because my nature would tell me to do otherwise. So like, and yet when you look at like Martin Luther King Jr., uh, you look at, um, uh, you know, like George Lewis, or John Lewis. I said George Lewis. I don't know why I said George Lewis. John Lewis. You, you can you can find George Lewis too somewhere. I'm sure he's a cool person. But but look at John Lewis. Um, you know these were people who dedicated their lives to taking the high road. You know they they didn't accept abuse, um, and they stood up against mm-hmm. it. But they didn't inflict abuse either. You know it's that good trouble that John Lewis talks right. about. You get into that good trouble. Um, that is, that is the Christian model. Like that is, and I'm not saying Christianity is the only religion that does that, but that is the Christian model. Like that is the right hand path model that LeVay thinks is ridiculous. Whereas LeVay is like, no, you know, they're not worthy of, of your respect. So therefore denigrate them. (laughs) Right. become equally or worse than they are. <laughs> um, I don't know where else, like, is there any, anything else that you would like to talk about, about this book? I mean, I ultimately agree that it is a pile of steaming. Don't poop. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that because like there are, I agree with, I agree that there are intriguing, there are intriguing philosophical things in here. Nuggets. Yes. Oh, that's that, like just, which is what you were saying, Eugene. It's just like it's like okay, I can see where they're coming from on this, right? And I I can also which, um, I wanted to. You said something that I totally forgot to say in the moment because I didn't want to cut you off, but I kind of remember now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just when you know, when you said um, you know imagine a world mm-hmm. like if if obviously you of course you don't mean it, but you said you know imagine if we all like lived and followed this philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think of it today as in, you know, there are so many different denominations, so many different religions, Christian, you know, whatever. Everyone mm-hmm. doesn't follow each religion to the T. You know, no. there are no. those of those that are strictly, you know, on the book. And there are some that are liberal and there are some that just say they are and just go through the motions. No judgment right. to them, to right. any of them. Right. But I feel like somebody could read this. I'm, and I guess I'm not trying to endorse it, but I'm trying to give a side. Like somebody could read this and say, you know what? I get it. Uh, I've heard this before. I've heard it in a different way. I've heard it in a kinder way. I've heard it in a gentler mm-hmm. way. I heard it in a way that really didn't elevate myself, mm-hmm. but, you know, through other religions. Do you know, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't, Absolutely. There are, there are no doubt anything can be used for good and for bad, right? Like anything. I mean, well, no, almost anything. Almost anything. No, I'll even say anything because I was thinking like, okay, how can you use the mind comp for good, right? Well, simply (laughs) here's how you could use the mind comp for good. 
by reading it, understanding it, and resisting it. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, that's how you use right. it for good, right? That's the only way. Exactly. So, so yeah. So yeah. Anything could be used for good, but not against it. Not everything is inherently good. So I I do not deny that somebody could pick up LeVay, be in a spot where they've been absolutely burned by the church, find hope in it, and and move on in their lives. Uh, in a more positive direction than they would right. have with, without it. I'm not, yes. I'm, I would not be proud enough to say that God couldn't use this book in that way. That, and I think that's the point that I'm trying to articulate, but that's with exactly right, what right. I mean. Yeah. With that, with that said, I do not think um, that this book leads people to God. If that makes sense, <laughs> no. like if you're going to follow this book to its core, it's leading you the complete opposite direction. I think um, if, you, if you follow it, no. it's not good. I don't think it necessarily would lead you to hope. I wouldn't put it past God to use it, but I don't think it necessarily leads right. to hope. No, no. And, and I, you're right. I, I, I don't. The only way I could see it giving hope is, again, if you've been burned by the church in such a way where you're 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 hurt and your anger and even maybe your hatred can be slightly harnessed by this rather than just being like inherently like out there toward everybody. Um, Then, then at least it gives you some structure. Like, like what does, what does atheism give you? Like it gives you like that. There's nothing out there. Like (laughs) minus, minus the mystery of what we don't yet know, but we will know someday because we're the ultimate being Um, this, at least this, at least, says well no there's more there is mystery out there um and mm. we can we can like accept that um but still you're the ultimate being right. um i i do right. think i don't think that this book leads you to hope but i could see how somebody how got somebody might find hope in it for a time period i mean like i i don't think if they stayed a satanist the rest of their life died a satanist they'd be in a very hopeful place but um but i could see how i could see how that would that would you know god could use a book like this i could see how god could use a religion like wicca because god did on me i'm not wiccan now um and actually if that's right if that if i get if i get blamed for being wiccan that's probably the lightest most nicest uh blame you could give me at the time being <laughs> um but mm-hmm. but i i don't our god is large enough and big enough and profound enough and powerful enough to use anything to bring that person back and mm-hmm. I also know I'm little enough, small enough, and humble enough that I can't judge where a person is just because I see them walking around with this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So exactly. this 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 episode is not about judging people who who have found uh, their home in this or find mm-hmm. themselves in this right now. This isn't even a judgment against Anton Lavey. Um, right. I don't know Anton Lavey from the next person. Right. What I do know is something led him to this. Whatever it is, yeah, and yep. uh, um, I would hope for those listening to us, because I I think our our audience is going to be more Christian, um, maybe not entirely, but I think most of our audiences are are are, are Christians. Yeah. Um, so my my word of advice would be mm-hmm. give the evil more power than it actually has. So. What I mean by that is if you see Satanism as an abhorrent evil and then you decide that you are now 
a judge in that ultimate evil, then I then I think at that point you are you are taking the place of God and you are now complicit in evil as well as 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 well as judging others for being evil. So word of a caution to Christians, don't judge. You don't know what led a person to where they are. You don't know um, what you don't know what led a person to Satanism, to Wicca, to atheism, Mm -hmm. to anything. Therefore, you are not to judge that person. What you can do is be present for them, hear them out, learn from them and witness to them the love of God. Amen. That's that's where I am on this book. Like the book itself. It's interesting. It was a fun read. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do recommend trying to read the Anakian keys at the back. It's a tongue twister to say the least. Yeah, they are. Um, It's absurd. It's the the highest form of absurd. And LaVey intended it to be Mm -hmm. because it's a satire on religion. Right. But don't don't fall into the trap of becoming the satirical character or character that this sets Christianity out to be. Right. And that's what I see. Like when you look at Marilyn Manson fans and you got, you, you, you got the people at protest outside saying, turn or burn, you know, mm-hmm. they're falling in to the trip, to the show, into yeah. the show, into the show. You are, you are doing exactly what they expect you to do. Right. So if a Satanist or an atheist lashes out at you because you're Christian, don't lash back as they expect you to. Listen mm-hmm. to them, love them, and witness. Yeah. What do you think? Is that your dog, Eugene? Yeah, these stupid little chihuahuas. Little chihuahuas. I sounded grew up with Rottweilers. Now we have chihuahuas here. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> well, those tiny little dogs. In some ways, I mean, if the Rottweilers were barking like that, there would be, be like, worse. you wouldn't even be able to hear anything. It would just be like, that's true. It, w- it would be worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so be thankful. I think, what do you think? Do we have anything else to, t- to chat about in terms of Satanism? Well, uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. I think uh, I'm... Sorry, I'm a little distracted. Um, Eugene, this is Calvin. Oh, yeah. I've never met Calvin. I think the last time we had Eugene on, we had a... uh, We recorded with a... uh, That's right. (laughs) Wasn't it the same day or something? It was like that evening. Yeah. (laughs) We had a false alarm, and then then that night we went into labor. That's right. Wow. That was was literally April. Yeah, April. That was April? Yeah. Yeah, the end of April. Um, oh my gosh. That's, that's, that's how long ago it was. Um, <laughs> really? yeah. So we did the Satanic Bible and probably beat the dead horse, um, so to speak. <laughs> um, you know, because, because um, well, it was a cool topic for Halloween. I'm not going to lie. That's really the only yeah. thing. It was like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the most shocking thing we can find. But I, but I also think that it, it really brings us to a place of again, we're not the judge. If we're going to be the anti-satanic Bible, then we're not the judges, right? right? Like we're not right. the judges. We actually do have a redeemer. We have a redeemer. The redeemer is the judge. Leave it to the redeemer. Yep. Not to Beaver, but to the redeemer. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a. Did you have reference. to? That was a date. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> did not have no one asked for that <laughs> no 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 in fact everybody just bought themselves a satanic bible because of they're that like reference. you know what i'm done <laughs> i'm done i'm just that's it i'm turning to satan um so again uh overall satanic bible mm, now let's not say we did but um but it <laughs> made for an interesting read and an interesting discussion i think yeah Yep. And I love that Eugene brought us straight into human sacrifice. Like that was like, <laughs> we're, like if we're going to take anything away from, from Satan, this entire book, it's going to be the human sacrifice. I mean, yeah. I feel like I made the most, I mean, I would, I would give him credit in saying that, you know, he didn't say, you know, go out and kill the people no, that you hate. No, he there was, is a moral, ironically, far. there's an ironically, a moral code that he can't support philosophically. <laughs> based off of right. his own philosophy but there is a moral it's, code in there it's very loose <laughs> it's our, yeah exactly it's basically do whatever you want to do as long as you don't stop other people from doing whatever they want to do that's his moral that's code. all yeah i think that's so that's so the idea you, right right the, that's the idea the problem the problem again with that is is it's it's saying eugene uh be as be as obnoxious as you want to be, but don't stop somebody else from being obnoxious. Right. Right. Go ahead. Kind of goes against how we end, end the podcast. Yes, it, it, it does. Don't be excellent to each other. Yeah. Don't be excellent to each other and be a jerk. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well, we say (laughs) be excellent to each other and don't be a jerk, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, like ultimately, ultimately we need to like, ultimately this falls flat in my opinion, because he he puts out a loose moral code that really just ends in chaos if you follow mm. it all the way through, right? Um, you know, well, instead of instead of focusing your energy on undermining your previously Christian values, how about just work on being the best Christian you can be right. well, and love and others? In his in his philosophy, no one you're not accountable to anybody but no, yourself. But yourself, because I'm always right. the right judge for me. I always make mm. the right judgments, right, Eugene? You've never seen me make a mistake in my life before. Um, Todd? <laughs> Todd? <laughs> Todd, are you there? Um, Todd? <laughs> no, so. you've never made a mistake like rushing home to write a paper. <laughs> no, 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 never. Never, never, never did that. Never, never rushed that. home to write a paper. Um, um, never, never, never swore. Never. Never, never smoked. <laughs> Definitely never drank. I mean, that nah, that never happened. God no. Um, I'm I'm the perfect judge of everything that is right for me. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Leads, <laughs> the leads king of great. abstinence. Some would say. <laughs> some some <laughs> might say that. Yes, some may say that. Uh, so <laughs> interesting stuff. Uh, uh, and uh, so we'll end it here. If you would like to hear some famous people who have been satanists ooh, ooh. It's people you might not guess then, Ooh, i think i know oh you might know uh some Two people some people you might not guess were satanists at least for a little time if not beyond a little time yeah. um some which may have even found their untimely deaths while being satanists um then become patrons and you will hear that conversation in a little bit Uh, In the meantime, uh, be excellent to each other. And don't be a jerk. Rock on. Rock on. Rock on.